0: Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblo Escapes and Discussion. Today I've got the great pleasure of being joined by photographer Alex here. Good evening, Alex. Good evening. How are you? How are you? you keeping well?
1: I'm fine, thank you. Yeah. Yes, you okay?
0: I'm not bad at all. It's nearly the weekend, so frankly, that's always a that's always a good thing. And maybe it'll be some nice weather for getting out with the camera as well, which would be even nice. So I again this is a, this is an, another episode with a, with a guest who is more into, I would say, making books. Not published, I don't believe, as such a, I suppose, a dedicated photo book, but you run certainly a number of photo book workshops, very passionate about photo books in the community. In fact, you, you run them with uh, Lizzie Shepard, who I spoke to last summer. So before we get into talking about all things photo book related, Alex, it would be great if you could give everyone an introduction to your to your background.
1: Mm, yeah, and, and what I think of it, um, I, I do have a book deal, like a real book deal. Um, to produce um, a book called "Photographing Kent," which is published by a publisher called PhotoView. Yes. So I, I do have a kind of a, a commercial um, book writing yep. an- angle to it too, to some extent. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, no, you no. Know, my so for me, um, it, it all started when I was a child going to the going on going to the Lake District and yep. uh, and the Yorkshire Dales. I was very lucky that my parents and my father probably principally drove those holidays. Um, that I fell in love with landscape. I just felt a compelling love and connection with it. Like I, I didn't really know how to take a picture or anything, but I just loved the outdoors. Um, and then as I grew up, I started to you know get into photography when I was about sort of 15, 16 But again, I didn't really know what I was doing, and I, you know nothing. Kind of, I had no idea what I liked to take a picture of. Yep. And I And I suppose that kind of faded away, and um, I decided that I did want to have an outdoor lifestyle, and so I joined the Royal Marines. And I spent two years as a, as a soldier for them, right. and I, at that point, I it was I had enough. Um, it was it was you know I got my green beret, and I I don't think I kind of had the motivation to carry on. I felt like I'd sort of reached what I, my ambition wanted there, but. By that stage, you know, I was back at university and studying a degree, and I had a big photography element to it. So I just did all the photography I could, and I was studying it from a social documentary point of view, oh. um, and specifically in terms of war photography, because of course my background as a soldier and, yeah. and and studying photography, the two went hand in hand. And so I was kind of encouraged by my tutors that that would be a good idea if I went down that that route. Um, but I I just pushed back against that because I'd fallen in love with. The idea of capturing and depicting landscape, um, traveling, those childhood experiences, the the growing interest in photography, and and how to use it as a as an art form, just to, that's where the overlap really really kind of hit off for me. And uh, so I I I, uh, I was a bit kind of um, I was certainly discouraged. I mean, the university did not take um, landscape photography seriously at all. Uh, for them it it kind of fell in this awkward kind of crack between art or painting, um, and fine art photography, whatever that might mean, but I think you all know what it kind of means and (laughs) social documentary photography. There was no, no one took landscape seriously. And indeed they would talk about people like Don McCullen and revere him and just kind of sort of airily refer to how he'd kind of packed his bags up and just was taking a few landscapes over in Somerset now. Um, You know, uh, right. that was, that was the, that's the attitude. And, and I, th- I I don't know if it's changed cause I've, I've been out of academia for 20 years now, uh, apart from a brief stint teaching at the local university, but, uh, yeah. So that, that, that was where it, that, that, that came from. And then, I'm, and then I graduated and I didn't have enough money, um, or knowledge to, to, to start <laughs> yeah. a business as a photographer, but I knew I wanted to, I knew I wanted to be a photographer and I yep. wanted to be an outdoor photographer, um, I just had no idea what to do. So I had to go back to university, uh, re-qualify uh, to something terribly boring and become a solicitor. And I did that for <laughs> about eight years I practiced. So probably with my training, 10 years in total. Yeah. And and during that time, I just just spent every waking second and every penny I possibly could afford on photography and thinking about it, studying it, learning it, yeah. applying it from a giving it, like you know coming at it from a sort of an academic point of view um from an art point of view from trying to unpick the secrets to commercial outdoor photography and slowly but surely things started to click and I won a few competitions and got got my name out there a bit and my portfolio grew and I started to get sales and agency contracts and then when I was 30 I um decided I'd had enough I couldn't stand being a lawyer anymore so I handed my um I don't know what you're handing when you're a lawyer. <laughs> your practicing certificate. There we go. Hand yeah, in my practicing certificate and, and started up the photography business. And I've been now working as a full-time commercial commission-based photographer um, for, for 12 years. So, yeah, most of my work is, is commissioned by clients like tourist boards and, and yes, outdoor yeah. clients. And then a part of my business, as you say, is, is also the um, the tourism side of things and the, the fun stuff, the, the photographic <laughs> tourism the workshops. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like quite a fascinating, uh, fascinating career you've had through army, uh, several degrees by the sound of it, uh, onto being a, a lawyer, writing a very big complex paragraphs that no one can make head or tail of, and then down into down in, out into the landscape, which is obviously where you feel probably most at home at. As I'm sure most of us would like to spend many of our working hours as opposed to sitting behind the desk. But, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm obviously. My, my real interest in, in these podcasts is talking about photo books. So I'm really interested to know where you I suppose, where your initial passion for photo books
1: came from. Well, probably from the books that I used to read yep. uh, as a student. And, and I, I'll, one of them I'll come on to later, so I won't go into it now because yep. I know you're going to ask me about my favourite uh, photo <laughs> books. But I just loved books. And I suppose if you're... At all academic, then you you got, you have an in, inherent love of, of the written word anyway. Yeah. Um, but, but but particularly photo books in particular, and they just and photo stories as well, and and looking at the Time Life publication. So although maybe not books, they're more magazine based, but still the published photographic story yes. and the idea of putting things in on a page, and 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 rather than just having that kind of one hit wonder. Um, Frame print on the wall, but, but books that kind of mm-hmm. had a narrative to them. That all started back then. And then um, I, I used books to learn photography, okay. but I didn't use them during my sort of early 30s to inspire my photography any longer. I I'd, I'd gone through that phase in my 20s for about 10 years, where I'd use other people's work and their books to help me learn how to take landscape pictures because there wasn't any work experience going back then. You had to yeah. pick it, figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Um, and then one day I was doing a, um, a workshop with Lizzie and she had done a bookmaking course and I never really paid a lot of attention to that. Um, she made a book on it, but she hadn't taken it much further than that. Um, but she came on the workshop and she had these lovely little folded paper prints that she'd made. And I just thought they were exquisite. And I thought, I think I'm ready. That, uh, it was just the stage of, t- stage of my life that I was at. I think I'm ready to learn a new skill and think about yeah. using our photography that we've been creating in a fun way of displaying it in a, diff- in a different way. And so I started to pick a brains about the course. And I just suddenly got that kind of, I don't know, maybe that was just me, but I got this big rush of enthusiasm. And I get that. I, I, I find I kind of i get something I latch onto it and I'm just yeah. like that's the thing for me and I go through it and I I try and master it as best I can and then I try and add that to my sort of repertoire so I um I went and did a a workshop um in Nottingham um which was an excellent workshop with John Blakemore and a guy called Dan yep. and um that's where I learned and John Blake was brilliant because yeah. you know he's he's an excellent photographer he's um um, and he's a he's an expert bookmaker as well yeah and so true. I learned that it wasn't just the nuts and bolts of making the book the real secret was how you sequence everything and order it yeah it was this brilliant weekend that they organized um so so that so that was that was great and i and I didn't get you know like all things you wonder if it's gonna you, you're gonna make a start on it and think well like I like trying to learn an instrument you think oh this would be great if I could play the guitar and then you think oh it's too difficult I, oh, it's just not yeah. for me but Absolutely. I didn't have that i I just I fell in love with it and I found I was quite creative and able to conceive of different book ideas and think about how different photographs work in books. And um, so I decided to do another workshop with a lady who, uh, who who was a, who's a master bookmaker. She was nothing to do with photography. I don't think she's even considered herself a photographer at all. She was just a bookmaker. And that was quite good because it got me out of the photography world, if you like the photography bubble. And I got to go and learn some alternative skills from someone else who wasn't coming at it with any kind of photographic angle. Um, and then between the two of them, I, I learned to make the three types of book that I really liked Enjoy. and felt that I could use for yeah. my own bookmaking um, uh, purposes. And then and then lockdown hit. So, so Lizzie and I decided that we were going to see if we could offer bookmaking through our workshops to some extent. Yeah, Maybe it would just be a thing we did on a rainy day, or maybe it would be a group session we might do for a few people once or twice. But anyway... um. So then that all just kind of went out the window when lockdown arrived and she was feeling a bit down in the dumps about everything as we all were. And I, and I remember just ringing her up and, and we were talking and I said, look, Lizzie, we, we, were, we were talking about bookmaking and um, do you think we can make it work online? Yeah. And she said, you know, Lizzie's great. And she's, you know, she's just always up for an idea. And she said, yeah, 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 come on, let's let's, let's have a think about it. So we thrashed out this idea of how we could turn what could only have been a face to face workshop pre COVID yes. into this online workshop. And miraculously, we came up with this format that worked, did a test run. People really enjoyed it, gave us some nice feedback. And then since then, we must have had, um, well, because I do them with the RPS as well now. So okay. I, I must have, must have had the joy and pleasure of training 300 people
0: or so to make a book now. Quite incredible. It, but it, sh- it shows you how many people are interested in bookmaking. And it's, you talk about your own experiences. I, I went down, I traveled all the way down to Swindon from Glasgow once to go on one of Joe Wright's workshops for the weekend yeah, he's great he's fantastic and as you say this the sequence and the sweet and part of it was probably one of the most enjoyable parts of it when you begin to look at your work in such entirely different ways and when you've got your images laid out in the table and you've got other people who are inputting into them as well I think it's fantastic yeah. and like you there's a professional book binders here in Glasgow who, who do bookmaking and bookbinding for house of lords parliaments law societies all that and i've gone and done a couple of workshops with them and again they're nothing to do with photography um but it's great just to learn actual bookmaking skills and see how how they do it and i've done a couple of box make i've done box making workshops with them as well so it takes me like three days to make a box they can make it in 26 minutes yeah that's That's
1: interesting so i was thinking of doing a um a box making workshop too and for one reason or another they got cancelled and and hearing you talk about how it takes that long to make a box is probably the reason why I'm, i draw the line and i just I just buy a box
0: <laughs> yeah well that, that that says but for me it's for me it's it's the the time is because you're allowing for everything to glue and weigh it down overnight whereas when you go to the workshop they've got a three-ton printing press binding machine that you, you basically just glue it they wedge it down with a couple of tons and then basically that's sure. that's it together but i still find it such a therapeutic process at the end of the day I'm, I'm doing it for pure enjoyment and for my own work to to display and look at my work and in different ways so if it takes me three evenings to do it i'm i'm perfectly perfectly yeah. content with that
1: but uh so what's your favorite um type of book blog it
0: it, it depends i we're talking I, I, nerdy book bookbinding yeah, stuff. Yeah, like I, I quite I quite like the Japanese Stab and Stitch, and I like the Japanese Stab and Stitch, one, because it's pretty quick, simple to do, and therefore, actually, for pulling together lots of wee small projects or wee small series, it's, it's quite a nice way just to pull yeah. something together, and then it's very easy just to tear, tear the stitching apart, change the order around, stitch it sure. back up again. Whereas once you get into concertina styles and... Gluing and cutting and aspects, things like that. That's one where mistakes go wrong for me, and things end up wrong, wrong, shape. But you're at that point, you're really quite committed to to doing it, and it's very hard to begin to change change your mind thing. But what about yourself? What 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 styles do you like for your own work and for teaching other people as well?
1: Um, yeah, interesting. Um, well, the concertina and the Japanese are the two that we do. Well, we do the concertina yes. on our first workshop, and then we do the Japanese second um no the only reason for that is that um it, with the Japanese one we, we 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 try and encourage people to print to the page because yeah. as you know when you start yeah. gluing in the the, pi- yeah. the pictures onto the pages you're doubling the thickness yeah, of the page is, and yeah. it's all limited by the, the stitching <laughs> yeah. so so that's the, the order we do it in that way but I love the Japanese because I think what's great about that is you can print double-sided yeah and that works Was the concertina um although i have to say a bit of a shout out here but hope fitzgerald who's a local bookmaker to me in kent um she showed us how you could print double-sided to a concertina and make a very good concertina which never thought of before so it can't be done but it just seems to me a concertina is like a conventional book in the hand but can also have this wonderful thing where it opens out into a giant accordion which is to to most people is like wow you know what an amazing thing to look at so i think probably the concertina would be my favorite I just love the idea that you can have it out on display and it just makes people want to come and look at it because it's a yeah. you know visual. That, that,
0: that's yeah, and I, but I think the I think the beauty is is that there's so many different styles of binding and, and and book design as well that just allow different projects to be presented in entirely different ways. And yeah, it's not even just so much the the, the, the it's it's more than just the images, it's about your paper choices, the structure, the size, the scale. How you're presenting it is in a slip case, a, a, yeah. a cardboard-bound slip case, or just a yeah. paper slip case, or you or present- indeed in a box. Yeah, indeed, no, not that's answer. it. Presentation boxes. Yeah. You then begin to go to nth degrees of. Do you have multiple levels in your box? And and you all sorts have of you things. have two
1: books. You can have a book in a book, can't you? Like that's <laughs> it. Yeah.
0: That, right. so, yeah you, I, that's the joy I, of it, right?
1: Is just have this this kind of ultimate, you know this complete freedom of how you present your work, and yeah. I just think it's like a, a final outcome. For all the pictures that we've been producing and it gives it like a final destination and, it, and then you're, you're in control of that creative process as well yeah. so from capture through to print and creation you're the artist and i, I just love that idea
0: yeah and I, they become pieces of art in themselves the, the the handmade book and you look at so many people who are who are making them marianthe uh, you've got Shona Grant and, and there, there's so many people who are, who are just, who are just churning, ch- churning them out and, and they're, they're beautiful objects that yeah. I think there's, there's real and interest from, from people and, and particularly now as well, you've demonstrated the fact that you've probably had about 300 people through your workshops in the last couple of years. Um, it just shows that there's so much demand for people who want to take control of the final output and, and produce something that's a bit special for work that they've maybe been working on. I think interestingly, tornadoes. though, that
1: when you look at Marianthes and Shonas, I mean, they are another level, yeah, uh, certainly yeah. beyond what I can make.
0: Yeah, um,
1: yeah. And I don't know how long it takes them, but they're real works of art. But what I quite like about bookmaking is that you really don't have to have any experience yeah. to be a bookmaker. I mean, I literally train people from having never folded a piece of paper for years to making a book in a day.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know what I mean? And, and that's great because the learning curve is short, sharp and quick. And I mean, then if you want to get really, really good, sure, yeah. it's, a, it's a master craft. But that, at the entry level, you can get a really good outcome pretty easily.
0: Yeah, and you don't need uh, huge amounts of tools either to do no. so. That that's that's I think that's part of the other big appeal is that you don't need to go and buy hugely expensive equipment to, to be able to make them. But yeah, and, and, and it is, it's one of these wonderful things that, as you say, you can start off really basic and have something that's beautifully done that you've printed, bound, done, whatever, all yourself very simply very quickly but at the same time you can really take it to a whole different level with something that you look and you think how on earth where on earth do i start and Mm -hmm. and that's part of the part of the joy but also when you're taking it to a different level it's not just the the construction and the the the, what you're actually physically making you then have you then open yourself up to so many paper choices it's like you're printing them even just insert sheets right which one will work and you have you, you then start looking in Japanese paper websites and it's a slippery slope yeah. to bankruptcy at that point. Yeah, but but that but that's that's for me that's part of the appeal. And
1: no, it is part I, of the appeal. You're you're absolutely right. And and weirdly, I mean, um, I I'm a, I, I work closely with Photospeed as one well. of their yep. ambassadors, and they asked me recently in a blog, you know, what was my favorite paper, and I said to them, well, there's two answers to that because I make books as well. There's certain of your papers that are perfect for books, but they're not yep. the best papers for fine and, art prints. Yeah. But your fine art print papers are great for the stuff on the wall, but they're they're just not great for making a book with because they don't fold, they're too yeah. thick, they they crumble, they break. Whereas the other papers, they're brilliant, you know.
0: Yeah, well, that that's it because you're 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 having to take into account, particularly if you're making concertina, you want to have nice clean folds yeah. in, in yeah, all yeah. the books as well. So, yeah, as you say, the papers might look great with the images on, but as soon as you come to fold it or or do something constructive interesting with it all of a sudden the paper it just doesn't work and it doesn't work yeah was well, it's too you, thick
1: you know you, you get some of those sort of 300 grand gsm photo yeah. papers <laughs> half a dozen of those and you've got you know, the new testament sat on your, on your desk
0: that's it and, and as you say it goes back to that the, the thicker paper maybe works for some style of books maybe japanese stab and stitch when it's yeah. a reasonable pay, page count but as you begin to get bigger and bigger page counts as well, you need to begin to take into account different different uh, paper choices. But the other aspect I really like about book, making your own books is that you don't need to have a huge number of images to do it. You can. It's like I've made me stab and stitch books with seven or nine images, yeah, Just half that, a dozen images. That's yeah, it. yeah. And and you yeah. but you still get the same joyful pleasure challenge of trying to sequence those those six Definitely. however many images and and again that's for me that is a huge part and enjoyment. quite often those are the
1: pictures that would just sit on the hard drive right just kind of collecting Absolutely. cyber dust so to make a book yeah is with them is is, is, is giving them a life and I mean yeah. people it, often it, it, say oh I haven't got any pictures to use in the book yet I like my response is always well how many pictures have you got sat in your hard drive because you've yeah. got all these pictures you have taken so why don't you go and get your ten best mountain pictures that you've ever yeah. taken, and suddenly they have a coherent narrative to them, don't they? They're a connection. Whereas before I, they were just disjointed pictures all over the hard yeah, drives. And, and for
0: me, it's for me approaching it with books has, has changed my has changed my approach to photography because I don't need nine or ten wow standalone images because I'm looking to actually take a whole series of images that work coherently as a set. So yeah. you begin to go back and look at your work and yeah. you look through images, you think, yeah, I wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily put that up as a, wow, that's going to blow my, my mind away sort of image. But actually, when you look at it with the other seven images from from that one wee morning out or something like that or that a weekend or a wee trip or something all of a sudden you have a lovely set of images that work so well in a book because they all work as a coherent set and they all yeah. work well off each other doesn't need to be for anyone else to see but for me it begins to make the short time that I've got to do photography far more productive because I'm not so bothered about going to somewhere where I'm going to get one shot and then kind of go home about it it's like no sure where, where can I go out and actually, yeah, build, bring or start working up sets of images that I can then start printing and binding yeah. into into little books for my own for my own pleasure.
1: Yeah. Now they you know, make good gifts as well. Yeah, you, yeah, it doesn't even have to be landscapes. People have used their books to do portraits and yeah. pictures of neighbors. You know, yes, you know, one lady, her neighbor's garden was his passion, so she went and photographed his garden and gave him a book of photographs lovely and the guy was just delighted you know what i mean it, it's a lovely thing to give to other people
0: yeah and how, how have you found the response to the, the book workshops do you find people come back and do other workshop other bookmaking workshops with you or or do you, you begin to see a lot of people taking it and progressing it further themselves because i think a lot of people probably go in many workshops i certainly went on the first bookmaking workshop and then it was probably about 12 months before I made another book. I think that's probably how most people work and function. So how, how have you found that response as well? Um,
1: we've, we've found, I think maybe because of the format that we've devised for our, our workshop, where it's very kind of efficient and yes. done in a day, mm. nobody feels overdaunted yeah. by the prospect. You know, and I say to them, what we did today, you'll be able to do tomorrow in about two hours, two and a half hours. Yes, and and I even I even ha- I even half jokingly tell everybody that I reckon I could make a six page concertina book in half an hour, and I and I've never quite got round to the <laughs> challenge yet, but I reckon I could if you know with everything in up there, you know the measurements, yeah. everything's all laid out, so I'll give that a go and I'll let you know how I get on. But honestly, that that you know, it's not about rushing it, but it doesn't oh. need to be terribly time consuming, and I think. When Lizzie did her one, and certainly when I did my one, it did feel quite daunting, like because because yeah. it wasn't recorded. It was a it was a face to face workshop, so you didn't really yes. remember a lot of stuff, and there a lot of emails going back and forth, How do I do this? How do I do that? So that kind of slowed down the, the impetus to, to, to do another one. But we find that when people do our, our workshop, that they do often sign up to do the, the Japanese one. I don't know, maybe it's because we're really cheap. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. But but the, but the idea that you can do one, and then we take that forward with printing um, in, in the Japanese one, and then we do a third one where we help people make a, a book of their own creation, if you like, and encourage their and develop their creativity in book design. Yeah. Um, we find that works quite nicely so we do get a bit of a run through of, of people yeah. and then after that uh, we let them um, go off and do, do their own thing,
0: thing yeah and how, how, how do you also how do you also find and deal with sequencing of the images because we've obviously mentioned that's a huge huge part on it and i don't think you ever i think you, you would be learning and take i don't think anyone ever masters that aspect of it but certainly i think once you once you do it a bit you become a bit more in tune to with maybe what you're trying to look for, but how do you deal with that in the workshops?
1: Yeah, so it's a kind of a graphic design skill, isn't it? And, yeah. and we, we, we talk about that and we, we draw on our, um, our kind of collective experience of, you know, publishing in magazines and, as you know, I say, we're both working on commercial books Boots, and yep. back from background from, from journalism. My journalism days as a student at Cardiff, um, we use that to help people understand, about you know storytelling and narrative and text and how that transfers to sequencing images in terms of beginning, middle, and ends. And we have a we have three or four methods of sequencing that we talk people through, um, and then we encourage them to then use their pictures and talk about them as a group as how they think they should be sequenced. Yeah. So we give them a kind of a, a basis. Uh, you know, we give them some methods to underpin how to do it. And of course, there's always there's always the let's pour a few glasses of wine and just see what happens method as well. I mean, there's, there's, there's no right, there's no perfect way to sequence. No, nice, but great. if you go to a book editor, they'll be absolutely ruthless, won't they? They'll be like, that's got to go. And you might think that's the best picture. And they're like, no, can't have that, won't fit here, doesn't work with that. And, and we try and introduce them to that ruthless side of it. Which yeah. is what happens, isn't it, with graphic design I, I, and
0: editing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think it's part it's a skill in itself. I think the hardest challenge with doing your own books is to know when your favorite image doesn't fit in the sequence and you have to leave it out. And once you overcome that the first time, it's fine. You just you throw through it. you th- you put things away at will, no problem at all. But um, for me for me, I think it's always wonderful to get another person's fresh pair of eyes on your own work they see things entirely differently they see things which jar yeah and um, uh I, I suppose through doing biblioscapes i've had a, a great pleasure i've seen people people's draft documents and it is it's great to it's a great experience to to be able to look through someone's work with a total fresh pair of eyes and think how, how, how well does it work and yeah. i think it all helps you it all helps work with your own images but for me i enjoy printing any images out as we contact sheets lay them out on a table yeah yeah that's exactly it you put them up my wife then walks past and changes the order exactly (laughs) to to, to what to what the correct method is as opposed to my way yeah but again it's it's and you can you can spend weeks and months just making small making small adjustments and you see you see every time you walk past you see what might jar that didn't jar before
1: and yeah
0: and it's all part, it's it's, all, part it's part of. almost
1: a sub-, a sub hobby within within the genre, isn't it? And yeah,
0: absolutely. Other
1: people get really into the paper and you know the different types of papers they can use. Um, yeah. So it is it, it, it's quite broad in that sense. But it, yeah. I suppose at the heart of it, what what's nice is that it's a tangible thing. Yeah, and and that's the same for obviously any book. You know, we talk about commercially printed books, of beautiful yeah. books, but handmade books are the same. They they have yeah. the same tangible quality, which removes us from this kind of um tidal wave digital imagery that we we have to sort of wade through these days
0: yeah um, that, that, that's it you've got instagram and you're you're flying through that at a rate of knots or yeah on someone's web even looking at someone's a body of work on someone's website it's quite often it might just be displayed as a grid nothing wrong with that but when it's in a book you've got it's, it's a totally different experience and someone is taking time and care and, and you, you get engaged you engage far more with each image as well yeah but uh, but no I, th- I think I think it offers yeah it offers wonderful opportunities for you and you it must how, how how often are you making books for your own work as well for or for your own um
1: direction? yeah so I would love to make a, a book every three or four months yeah um do I make a book every three or four months <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean I make them on the workshop, but they're blank. See yes, we don't yep. we, we make a blank book and then we let people do this, you know, fine-tune their sequencing afterwards. Um, so I've made probably about 12 books and I've played played with different designs, different Japanese styles, combining some jets, combining different cover styles and different book block styles. Um and what amazed me was how varied you could make a book even within the sort of the fairly narrow skill set yeah. you know for, you know you only need two or three book blocks and two or three different covers and you've got uh, what nine combinations amazing yeah. my math isn't great but it's quite yeah. a lot which is quite good. so in, so the upshot is I've got a lot of ideas and I sketch them out and I get yeah. an idea for a book about how I'd like it to look and that often is the inspiration to then to go and find the images. Yes. Rather than having the images that inspire the book. Sometimes I'm just like, Oh, I'd love to make a book that opens out, sits on the desk with two hard covers and has like a little bit of poetry at the beginning. That gives it right. So what what images can I find that will illustrate and support that as an idea? Yeah. Um, and that probably happens more realistically every, every once, you know, every four or five months, uh, you know, because yeah, yeah. I think you want to keep your skills up. So you do, you know, I have you can see behind me on my, my bookmaking table. You know, yeah. it's it, so it, it's there. And every time I look at it, I know that I need to go and sit there <laughs> and do bookmaking. So it, it does help, um, you know, to do that. And I, I, I made a book recently where um, it was quite complicated and I did it over a few weeks, probably even a couple of months and I don't think the outcome was as good as if I just stuck at it a little bit every day or every yes. two or three days. Yeah. Because you sort of un- unplug yourself from from the mindset of what you're doing, and you go back in, and and then yeah. yeah, it didn't. It wasn't faded by any stretch, but it wasn't as good as I felt it could have been if I'd have stuck mm-hmm. at it. So finding a period of time where you can just say, "I'm going to spend the next three or four days designing it, m- making it, cutting the materials up, and then doing yeah. and then the sequencing." I mean. As you said, you could spend forever on that. But yeah, that's probably the ideal scenario. But most of us don't have that luxury.
0: That That's it. And I think you're right. I think you can spend a lot of time and it's, it's great having the opportunity to take time to come up with a concept and ideas. But like you, I find it's, it's far more beneficial to maybe focus on the actual physical making, printing out of and, and construction of the book over a very short period of time where everything's fresh in your mind every day in terms of, all your dimensions, what you were doing, what you've yeah. done, what you need to do. Because I think it's, it's very easy just to forget what the last thing was you did or the last bit that you cut, <laughs> and all of a sudden you go back to cut another bit of cloth or cut or cut another bit of board, and you, you've made something the wrong the wrong shape. It, it no longer fits, and you you're kind of yep. back to back to square one again, which is very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 definitely
1: true. Yeah. But at the core of it all is the photography, right? And Absolutely, yeah. without the photography, there wouldn't be the books. So as much as I'm passionate about the bookmaking, I've been always very keen to, for me anyway, to limit it as something that sits on the side of my photography. Yes. Um, yeah. I didn't have any ambition to become the best bookmaker in the world. Um, I'm not going to be the best bookmaker in the world, but I had an ambition to be a competent bookmaker, yes. and I had a passion to be a, a decent um, or an inspiring book teacher. Yeah. I wanted other people to have the opportunity to make a book because it's yeah. so easy and so cheap yeah. and fun and I just know from the workshops how many people have got these pictures that they haven't really had enough wall space to, to print yeah. them up you know you go away to like a really nice location the on a workshop or on a trip of your own and you have a good going at it you could come home with you know 12 15 maybe 20 some pictures that's it yeah there's no, no one's got a big enough house unless you're really rich and you live in a mansion no yes. one's got enough wall space right yeah. so books give you that way of putting a lot in there but the that's the key is the photography the photography's got to inspire it yeah and it, it it's the thing that would always start for me would be the photography and then the bookmaking is this nice thing that i have as a final outcome
0: yeah i, I tend to i think i think that's kind of my approach if you've got a good if you've got a good body of work that actually merits And works well in the output of a book, then I think that's the opportunity that you take it forward. Whereas, as you say, not not every project, not every set of images would necessarily work well as a book, and um, it's knowing what the when the correct time is, and when you've got that body of work that actually think, yeah, okay, right, I've got something here, and that's when your that's when your mind begins wondering in terms of right, what crazy structure can I come up with this time that's going to challenge me and. And, and wreck my mind as I try to make something that opens in five different ways and yeah. closes, closes yeah. all perfectly as well. But which is
1: fun, which is really good fun. But it's a bit like processing, you know, you can't, if your pictures aren't up to it, no matter how good the book is, they're not going to make the pictures seem better. They might make it more in slightly more enjoyable, Yeah, but the, the core of it has to be the
0: photography, right? A- absolutely. And do you see yourself maybe expanding the number of, book related workshops you run maybe into looking at sequencing specific workshops
1: and things like that
0: is that something that's of interest to you or no it's a really good idea you
1: should be (laughs) i should hire you as my business advisor (laughs) i i I don't know um i don't think so in all honesty I, i don't think that there's enough in lizzie and i to to do a separate sequencing workshop i mean we might we'd be happy to talk to people about sequencing and um and and everything but I don't think it's a it's sort of a a separate workshop I think it has to go hand in hand with 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 the bookmaking and indeed when John Blaymore taught me and I think when he would have done it with Lizzie um he did you know sequencing was part of the bookmaking, not a separate thing yeah so um I don't know do you think why do you think that you think you could do a day on sequencing I don't know I think you yeah, absolutely could.
0: I, I did a sequencing workshop just at the start of lockdown. And I instead of doing it, most people did in the workshop did it for a book. I did it for sequencing a set of images for on the website as, as an entirely different way of doing it. So I, I think yeah. there's I think there's definitely scope for doing these sorts of things because um I, I think you can sequence for a whole set of different reasons for doing so, other than just for for putting it into. Even just then, just for putting it into a book, well, this think. is
1: true. Like the RPS panels, I often do make that point to people that when we do the sequencing, it, it should help and support their efforts in their RPS panel yeah. work because that's obviously inherently yeah. about sequencing uh, images. Yeah. But all up there is a winner, uh, you know. Yeah. On, on the and wall. I
0: and I think sequencing can help because you. I think to I think it's a great opportunity, particularly if you're in a group of maybe eight or nine different photographers you will come up with, everyone will have such different varied sets of images that you probably would never yeah. shoot yourself and, and to have an opportunity to look at a whole host of images. And it's a still to give constructive feedback in terms of what you think works well and what you think doesn't work well as well. And I think it then helps, I think those experiences can help can help you with your own work as well. Yeah. Just my my... Yeah, I suppose that's just my thought. but uh, And I think looking through other people's books as well, I think it's always very interesting and fascinating to look through some books and look through other people's zines, et cetera, to see how they've sequenced their images as well.
1: Yeah. Do you think it's um, a bit easier when you're doing a commercial book, though, when you've got a lot of text? Because, I mean, most most photo books aren't just a series of images. Yeah, they're even instructional books, aren't they? Or they're, they're books where there's like a um there might be like a portfolio based book but there'll be quite a lot of text to go with it do you think they're easier to sequence because the text kind of governs what images you'd have whereas when you make your own photo book it's usually just images unless you want to start yeah I i think it depends
0: you you see i think i think there'll be some books that if there's maybe a natural breakdown in terms of how the images are grouped be it I suppose an example, if you're looking at a portfolio of work and it's maybe through seasons, there's maybe a natural progression for that in terms of you've got Mm. the four seasons or whatever the, if you're, if you're breaking it down into four or five different subject matters or themes or topics, then that maybe helps as well, as opposed to if you've just got a huge collection of 120 images that you're trying to sequence that I think is where it maybe becomes a bit challenging. But I think at that point it comes back to the narrative and the story that you're someone's wanted to tell that you you need to be quite clear in the, the direction you want to go in. And and yeah, I think it'd be I think it'd be a challenge to do something of that sort of scale. Um whereas when you're doing your own work, is it I I d I don't know. I think it's you can agonize over it can't you yeah, when it's absolutely, you haven't yeah. got the
1: benefit of an editor. Saying no, we'll use this one, and no, I think we'll use that one. Yeah, it's just down to you, and yeah, you have Dou- to
0: have a bit of a. Yeah, it's down to down to you, and also to people who you can take soundings from. Which yeah. is not which is not going to your mum and tell asking what
1: she thinks, and she <laughs> says she'll just that's, just say yes. that's, <laughs> that's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> you think of, yeah, that's absolutely yeah. no used to man. <laughs> and you definitely need a wife that. or girlfriend don't you or Yeah, a and,
0: <laughs> and yeah, and and some and couple of photographers who you know yeah. who maybe know who know your style of work as well, and. Not necessarily know the narrative, but it's just for spotting simple things, such as you turn over a page and the image is totally a bit different from all the other images that are around about it. That when you've been looking at it for the last three months, you probably know it's not right, but you're probably telling yourself, ah, "I'll do," and then someone else thinks, "Oh, yeah, that just that just sits out." So it's it's a wee small. I think it's those wee small touches that really can, if you when you pick up on this wee small edits just switching two images around if it maybe doesn't work or just i think that's where you can really begin to see improvements and and it just tightens the whole thing up as well i think yeah but you but you need to be able to go to people who you who you who you you don't mind taking their their feedback from yeah no you have that's right it has to be constructive and helpful yeah Yeah. but i I think in the photo book community i think in the general community people are generally like that i think if you Go to most people who have published a zine or published their own wee book or what, or made their book, then I think most people will always give you good, honest <clears throat> feed, feedback. I, yeah. I don't think there's anyone out there who would say. That's terrible, that's rubbish. No, I don't think that.
1: I just think that like, when you design a website and you ask people for feedback and you just end up with this whole committee of people who've got completely different views mm-hmm. on how it should yeah. be done and that you're actually no further forward because if you took everyone's advice, it would be different for every single one. That's it, Um, yeah. Unless you can get consensus, is that's, the, that's the thing. Yeah, but, but that's it. It's, it's just all taken
0: taken on board comments and but then it comes down to the physical physical element and people can't generally see how how the how the paper works with different images and those are all the challenges as well it's certain images will work well and cer- certain paper types and how, how, how you balance all that out and what paper weight do you go for and covers and everything like that yeah as well. but that but that's that's all part of the fun and the challenge as you, as, I suppose, as you begin to explore more and more, making your own books, you maybe become a bit more braver, experimental, trying the the more expensive papers. that If you get badly wrong, is going to cost you. Gonna yeah, it no, an hour, that's right. Yeah, you yeah an you get, more,
1: you get more creative and and hopefully it, it inspires people to take more pictures, knowing that they can yeah. get them on display, on using as gifts, <laughs> and yeah make something of these ones because I just think there's so many good photographers out there who've been developing in the last 20 to 25 years with the, with the kind of the growth in the workshop industry um, where people didn't have to go to university or to night school to learn Yay. photography. Indeed, they didn't really need to go to camera clubs to, to learn photography. They could go on a, on a holiday, hopefully with a good teacher and a good photographer, learn, do that a few times. And, you know, there's so many people producing so many amazing photographs that, I, I just want to see them and, and yeah. I want and I, I hate the idea that they sort of can only be viewed on by sifting through websites because I'm, I'm, you know I'm 42. so I do remember what it was like to be educated with a bit of chalk and a, a chalkboard. <laughs> and <Yeah>. um, <laughs> well, when yeah. I left school we had the internet but when I started we still had chalkboards. And so I do like analog stuff and I, you know I do think that that's yeah. there's a lot of merit to that um, yeah, yeah. as opposed to the digital uh, yeah, yeah. method of presentation. Yeah, in my view,
0: you can't beat sitting down with a, a book and flicking through someone's work and enjoying it that way. It's just such a far more enjoyable experience, tactile mm. experience. Um and yeah, it's it's one that you can't replicate on the digital screen,
1: no matter no. but you Mark. still have to have the you know the, the, those core Absolutely. skills as a photographer and you know knowing yeah. what, what's a good picture and, and you know, identifying the, the qualities in the image. That, yep. that make it great you know I think you, you spoke to David Ward and you know he, he really eloquently summarized the you know the idea of a photograph having a sense of mystery to it yeah and I completely agree with that uh, you know if there isn't that sense of mystery then it doesn't matter what we do with it how big we print it how much we smash it around in Photoshop it'll always never have that sort of elusive quality yeah that that's and I think the sense of mystery
0: creates such engagement for people looking at the work as well if you, if you flick over a page and you can immediately see what what the answer is, then mm-hmm. are, you, are you as engaged and as absorbed in the, in the work that you're looking at? and um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a real challenge for everyone and and I think it allows you to improve as well. You can produce your first book of your work, you then look through it and you think, oh yeah, that's could maybe make changes there and you, you go away and you work on it and you come back with a stronger, set of work and a stronger body of yeah music. that's true that, that,
1: that, I, that's that, definitely true you do start to see people who identify yeah develop their own style because they're trying to make something consistent whereas they're instead of shooting individual yeah. images um which one might be long exposure one might be abstract or whatever because you've got to do a book you can't just jumble that together you, it's got to have a bit of consistency yeah. so you, that's a good point. It does yeah, you, you, have a positive impact on stylistic development. Yeah,
0: you go out with that. You go out with far more of an approach in mind, certainly. I've gone out with a more of an approach in mind, and it is, you, you're thinking, right, okay, well, I can't have one shot that's I want to show in color, bright sunrise, mm-hmm. and then one that one to show is a is a black and white long exposure. And then you you become all over the place. And yeah, okay, it might be good if you just want to flick through your images, but you'll you'll flick through the book and you think oh, I'm going from one thing to another to another. Yeah. So you begin to, even if it's just taking those images and and at least applying a, a similar sort of style. So they maybe are all tonally the same or, or whatever it is you're doing. And I think that helps people develop your work as well. And it might only be doing small bodies of work at a time, but you, you begin to, I think you would naturally begin to see, okay, well, yeah, this, this second book. Yeah. I can see there's more of a natural flow of my work here. Mm. might not all be perfect, but then you keep on going out and you, you, I think you, you get into that mindset of what you're, of what you're looking to do, which is shoot a body of work as opposed to shooting an image. It, it's shooting. Yeah. For, for a yeah. set in a series or a project or whatever it is, which, I think you've yeah, had plenty of discussions about projects, series, all those sorts of things as well, and yeah, well that's true. You know, projects
1: do do lend themselves nicely. And I, I run a project photography workshop for the RPS, and quite often you get bookmakers coming on that, or people who do that, and then like the idea of bookmaking because the two go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: there's 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 a lot there's a lot of options. That's why I like about it, and it's it's a great it's a great way to appreciate people's work um and i think i think now also as well as handmade books the ability to maybe self-publish a small run of zines or something like that, you can use them, um, you love print all the other ones xyz mm. but you could do a, a small edition of 20 books and it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to do mm. and it allows people just to get their work out there in, in mm. terms of a, a small a small zine or something like that which before going back five ten years was much harder to do.
1: Yeah, and it's certainly got more inherent value than printing it off blurb. Because, yeah, it, yeah. you know, if it's a handmade book of your quality pictures, that's got real inherent value. Absolutely,
0: yeah, that, that's it. And I, th- I think there's people out there who, who I think from a, people out there who certainly enjoy collecting handmade books and something that's far more personal and a, a stronger emotional connection, particularly when you can say, well, oh, actually, I've photographed it, I've edited it, i've sequenced it i've curated it i've printed it i've designed it i've bound it done everything to it here's the finished here's the finished article something to yeah. be exceptionally proud of but uh, all all these things are photo book related so I'm, I'm interested to hear a selection of your favorite photo books from your own collection
1: this oh sure yeah um do you do you have any specific questions or do I do you want me to just to
0: just go go fire through them? Away? Yep, just fire through them okay. I and mean, um, I mean, the reasoning behind them. So yeah, okay.
1: Well the first the first book that um is on my list is a book called Requiem, which is a book um, by the photographers who died in Vietnam and Indochina. And it's if anybody wants to um to to, to have a book that has a bunch of images that are just Probably the most, the, one of the saddest but most powerful collection of, of photographs that I've ever seen is in this book. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's put together, as, as it says, by all these photographers who died in China and Vietnam. So you've got people in there like Larry Burroughs and, and Sean Flynn, you know, Errol Flynn's son. He was a war photographer yep. in Vietnam and tragically died there. So they're not the Don McCullen pictures because Don right. McCullen obviously came home and yes. survived these are the guys that went out to document these conflicts and and didn't come back and i suppose that resonates with me as a former soldier yeah somebody who stared down the career path as a war photographer there's a bit of like what might have what might have happened what might have been but there's just more than that far more than that it's just over unbridled admiration and respect because the images are just unbelievable and i, I don't know if it's something about the vietnam war but it was the first war where the press had a lot had an unfettered access to the battlefield,
0: right, whereas yeah. it
1: was much more tightly regulated. And that was probably one of the problems for the for the government in the end, is that the, the press sort of were documenting all the horrors of war and weren't painting as a particularly successful thing. So, the power the pictures are really powerful. They're very unsanitised and they're very yeah. very compelling. And it's a, it's a it's a brilliant brilliant photo book. So I would um, recommend anybody to get a copy of Requiem for sure. Looks good,
0: yeah. Very interesting, not one I have, but yeah, uh, it's it sounds quite quite a fascinating and, and quite a different perspective on on that sort of subject matter than everyone's maybe more commonly used to seeing or hearing about.
1: Yeah, we we, we kind of think about Don McCullin's pictures, don't we? Yeah, and we can almost talk about them from an artistic point of view. We can forget that we can sort of remove, you know, the guy at the end you know, of the shell shock soldier. as yeah. a real artistic quality because I don't think there's that pathos attached to it. Because the photographer is still alive, despite yes. the harrowing life he's had, he yeah. survived. Yeah. These guys, every picture you're looking at, that photographer is no longer with us. They died in the line of duty, you know. Yeah, quite quite fascinating.
0: Yeah. Okay, next book.
1: The second book is um, Genesis by Sebastián Sagado. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's, if anyone's talked about this book on on BB Skates before, but for me, he's the almost the ultimate living legend of a photographer. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's a, a landscape photographer. I think he's um, a photographer who can do landscape and he's a photographer and storyteller who can do social documentary because if you think about his stuff where he was, phot- his previous project, where he photographed migrations, uh, yeah. it was very much centered on the people in the context of the landscape. Whereas yeah. Genesis is a, is, a, is about the untouched wilderness on planet earth. And, and, and as someone who loves project photography and storytelling, um, this to me is the ultimate in projects you know this guy did this for seven years of his life (laughs) it's ahead of a project you know um and the what it would have taken to uh, undertake it's quite remarkable the photographs are blisteringly beautiful but i suppose what i love about it most is that it's like an inventory of planet earth's wild spaces and and for him it's a it's a book of hope it's a book of of euphoria about the optimism that we can we can enjoy as a as a future for, for what, what we've got and what we could preserve if we you know realize it and value it now yeah and in that sense it's brilliant but i also think it's like this inventory of planet earth which would be interesting to revisit 10 years 20 years 30 in salgado yeah. won't be around then but i hope that some photographer um maybe you maybe me maybe someone else will will revisit genesis and look yes. at and hopefully chart progress
0: yeah absolutely hopefully progress in, in the right direction but uh, yeah it would be wonderful to it's been is a it's been a book i think that's been mentioned maybe a couple of times before so um, which which tells you the, the impact but yeah it would be great to see how 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 things how the scenes and the locations in that one change as you say, over the next 10 20 30 years as 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 the world and climate changes as well
1: yeah and stylistically, it's a wonderful book. It's just a beautiful thing to hold and look at and have on the coffee table and and to dip into. Um, yeah. There, it's you know, it's utterly inspiring. It's all black and white. Um, so, if anybody likes the idea of projects and having a kind of a developing a type vision and style, you know, Salgado's really done that despite having the biggest subject in the world, which is the yeah, world. Moral. I mean, he's yeah. literally covered, you know, the planet in 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 his work, which is amazing. So he's um. He's probably the photographer that I admire the most in many ways that they
0: share
1: undertaking. Yeah, that he's
0: ab- yeah absolutely. It's, you forget that some people have spent years and decades photographing for particular projects, and it, it takes them a lifetime's work to get to get the images that they, that they want to share with everyone, um, and others just go and do it fairly quickly. So, yeah, no, no mean feat to produce that that size of body of work particularly over the, the distance he's covering as well yeah and get it funded Got you know
1: yeah why absolutely that's another that's i'm glad thing. he did it that's all i can say
0: <laughs> indeed and your 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 final selection
1: my final book is um one that i think a lot of people will be familiar with uh it's first Light by joe cornish yeah um it's a it's a beautiful book um and it's not self-indulgently long it's it's just it's just for me it's like a perfect portfolio and it came along at the right time in my life when i was about i think i was 20 when my wife gave, away well, she was my girlfriend back then yeah. she gave it to me and um it's she's written in it so that, yeah 2002 there we are, it was 2002 and it might have been published a year or two before that yeah um and it, and as a as a guy so i was 21 22 back then and i used this book in the absence of any kind of any there was no work i couldn't afford a workshop there wasn't that many yeah, workshops yeah. there was no youtube there was hardly any websites yeah. how on earth do you learn to be a landscape photographer yeah. well this was the book that did it and, yeah. and i used this book like a manual um as to an idea you know, i remember deconstructing the images and revisiting some of the locations and thinking about how joe would bust what well, you know look, retracing his footsteps yeah. and yeah. thinking about how he must have created these photographs so it became like an instructional manual as much as it was a and it's yeah. a visually inspirational manual. And his, yeah. his writing's beautiful. And I just love the way he's laid it out. He's got a lovely bit of prose on the left, a little bit of technical information, a little bit of anecdote yep. This is the power, this is the emotional um, feeling it communicated yes. by him in those words. And then you just have this beautiful image for, you know, I think it's a sort of a six, seven, eight inch image on the right-hand side. Yep. And the two just, it's just beautifully laid out, beautifully sequenced. And I, I absolutely adore it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Both yeah, great books from Joe and also from David Ward as well, in terms of that style of, of book that they, they were doing with the the text as well as the image. And it wasn't just a, a book full of images. There was there was the words and there was the give the emotional connection and the kind of that ideas, inspiration and their thought process as well behind them. So yeah, and yeah, wonderful book, which I think many people will probably have on their bookshelves, and rightly so as well. Yeah. And for you going forward, you're obviously working on a book with Photo View, which is yeah. which is one of the guidebooks. So they will know that be keeping you busy as you trawl up and down the the the, the region. To yeah, Kent.
1: Yeah, well, it's quite good in a way because there aren't many people photographing Kent. There's a few good local photographers uh, around, yeah. um, but generally, it's a pretty under photographed county. Uh, and there's two reasons for that. One is it doesn't have the, the, the natural appeal. It doesn't have the, late, the big landscapes and everything. Yep. But what you've got to remember is that there's two painters that landscape photographers often revere. One is Constable and the other is Turner. And yep. both of those painters, one painted Suffolk in East Anglia and the other painted Margate and Kent. Yes. So if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for us.
0: Absolutely. There's, there's no doubt about that whatsoever. And, and how how is that, how's that book coming along?
1: Yeah, really well. So I'm, I'm I'm, more or less done with my photography. I've got a few little bits i would like to, you know, it's what well, that's the problem. It's one of those projects where you always think, oh, if I could get that again, yeah, or if I could just improve that. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit left. Yeah, there's a little bit of wiggle room there. And then um, uh, hopefully at some point this year, I'll be moving into the production stage with the publisher.
0: Great.
1: Um, Julia Bradbury's agreed to write my foreword for the Excellent. book. So hopefully it'll come together towards this, at the end of this year. I think COVID's caused some sort of delays yeah. uh, at that end. But yeah, I'm hoping to wrap that project up sooner and, rather than later and get yeah. it out and available
0: and, and when, once you get that out uh, how do you see photo books being an output for you going forward do you think you might do a bigger version of a book obviously i'd imagine you'll continue doing the handmade books but do you feel yeah. of, of doing something bigger format yourself
1: yeah so i mean the, the publishers um talking about a second follow-up book cool. um with a different approach a different theme yep. um we'll have to see if if anyone likes the book I make first and maybe that maybe that will happen but they 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 seem quite happy with what I've done so far so th- there is there is another um, book and a half there's another half idea rolling around in there cool. what I would really like to do is is to is to come up uh, and deliver a book for people where we embrace landscape photography from a kind of a, a multidisciplinary approach and okay. we talk about it not just in terms of its technical sense and not just in terms of the landscape photography genre but we talk about landscape in a broader sense in the broader artistic sense and think about the painters and draw that back into how we can then develop ourselves as Mm -hmm. landscape photographers Um, and I've got an idea of how that can be done so I hope that one day that might happen.
0: Very good, sounds fascinating, I look forward to following along, (laughs) I'm always interested to here it's always great to hear everyone else's ideas because then I realise I'm not the only person alone with having all these ideas and so Definitely little not. time, so little time to actually deliver on many of them. But that's what keeps us all going. I think it's 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 having the ideas, letting them stir around in your head, and and then we're in know. the ideas business. I always
1: think yeah, we're not absolutely. really in the, you know we're, we're, as a professional photographer. I don't think I'm in the photography business. I'm in the ideas <laughs> yeah. business. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> probably probably not a bad business to be in, to be perfectly honest. oh nice cat. Yeah. fluffy cat yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair well, yeah well on that note alex it's been a pleasure chatting to you about uh, about all things photo books and um, it's it's great to just hear your your passion for the subject and how you've actually managed to get so many people involved interested in making their own books in the last couple of years so um thank you very much for your time it's thank you it's it's been a real pleasure. Just uh, it's great to it's great to quite nicely just talk about photo books and what uh, what floats your boat. Vizzy and I have a phrase. It's called bookmakers anonymous. Bookmakers anonymous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I can ima- i can imagine it yeah for those people who buy too many photo books it's uh, yeah definitely several members of the club i would imagine will be uh, <laughs> yeah will be tuned. I, I'm, I'm very i'm really
1: really glad to see that you're you're a member of footmakers anonymous as well and absolutely. have a nerdy a nerdy love of paper
0: <laughs> yeah that's it absolutely it's a f- it's, f- fanta- it's a fantastic thing i don't think there can be anything bad about it and yeah it's a it's you could spend your money and spend your time on worse things than uh, than buying some beautiful books and enjoying some nice fine, fine papers that uh, yeah. someone has has printed their work on. So, yeah, thank you very much for your time, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Thank right. you. Cheers.